Will today be an unlucky day? After all, the calendar for today does contain a 13. Would it were, we could design our time without so many potential pitfalls. Still, unlike a building, Charlottesville community engagement cannot skip ahead to 14, because otherwise we'd fall far behind. I'm the host, Sean Tubbs, and let's wish Fortune has a wide enough brush to cover us all. On today's program, Governor Northam says goodbye, while incoming Speaker of the House Gilbert says hello. Albemarle County is not planning on in-person meetings for now, with the Omicron wave still raging. Another winter storm approaches, and Charlottesville is still adjusting to missed solid waste pickups from the last one. And Attorney General Herring said the incoming governor cannot pull Virginia out of an interstate carbon cap-and-trade market. Let's begin today with two Patreon-fueled shoutouts. The first comes from a longtime supporter who wants you to know, Today is a great day to spread good cheer. Reach out to an old friend, compliment a stranger, or pause for a moment of gratitude to savor a delight. The second comes from a more recent supporter who wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist, whether that be on WINA, CBS 19, NBC 29, The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, The Crozet Gazette, Seville Weekly, or some other place I haven't mentioned, the community depends on the network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. Another winter storm is in the forecast with a lot of speculation. According to Weather Underground, Charlottesville could get as many as 8 inches on Sunday, though we'll have more information as that time approaches. On Wednesday, Albemarle Supervisor Ann Malik had this advice. There, Nobody knows what the winter storm on Sunday is going to be, but I encourage everyone to take a couple of days of sunshine to pre-clean your, your sidewalks and get your supplies in so that we are ready for whatever comes our way. The aftermath of the January 3rd storm is still being worked through. This morning, the city of Charlottesville announced that normal trash pickup has resumed, but recycling service that was missed due to the storm will not be made up with an additional run. Trash is collected weekly in Charlottesville, but recycling is every other week. Here's a section from their press release. Due to resource capacity issues, our service contractor for trash recycling will be unable to provide makeup recycling collection for those impacted by the suspension in service that occurred the week of January 3rd. Impacted residents will receive recycling collection on their next scheduled service date. Residents are encouraged to take their recyclable materials to the McIntyre Recycling Center on McIntyre Road, which is operated by the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority. In addition, the city will pick up debris from the January 3rd storm the week of January 24th. Here's a section from the city's website on solid waste management. Any adjustments to this schedule that may result from volume or operational delays will be provided to the public in as timely a manner as possible. We also encourage city residents to take advantage of the free storm debris disposal waiver being operated until January 24th at the Ivy Material Utilization Center located at 4576 Dick Woods Road. The IVMUC is also operated by the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority. Albemarle and Charlottesville are covering the fees to drop off that debris. (laughs) 
The highest COVID surge in the pandemic continues in Virginia, with an average of 18,782 new cases a day. The seven-day percent positivity is at 35.6% today statewide. Today's snapshot from the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association says that there are 3,894 people hospitalized with COVID, and 646 of them are in intensive care units. There are 349 people on ventilators. Those last two numbers are new records. On Wednesday, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors had a work session on what county staff are calling the reconstitution of Albemarle government, which is a way of saying a return to in-person public hearings. Trevor Henry is the assistant county executive. Uh, When we first sent this agenda, it was prior to the Omicron variant, prior to that wave hitting the region the way that it has. This week has seen the highest numbers to date in the Blue Ridge Health District, which includes Albemarle, Charlottesville, Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, and Nelson counties. Today, there are 480 cases reported. There have been five deaths reported since the beginning of the year, though that figure often lags behind as death certificates are tallied. At this point, we will not be recommending a date certain on returning to uh, in-person public meetings. Henry and other staff sought direction about how to proceed with the future where those meetings are open. The county has made investments in some rooms and buildings in order to allow remote participation by members of the public in a hybrid manner. Both Albemarle County and Charlottesville remain under a local declaration of emergency, which allows for remote meetings. County Attorney Greg Kampner explained how that would end. And the state code, the state emergency law provides that it ends when the board, uh, in its discretion, determines that there are no further emergency services to be provided. Kempner says the county has come close to that at certain points during the pandemic, but various surges have complicated the matter. Until Saturday, Mark Herring is Virginia's chief counsel. On Tuesday, the outgoing attorney general issued an opinion stating that Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin cannot, through executive order or other executive action, remove the Commonwealth of Virginia from the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. Virginia joined the Mid-Atlantic Interstate Compact following an act of the General Assembly in 2020. Here's a section from the opinion. The Clean Energy and Community Flood Preparation Act directs the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality to amend its regulations that established a carbon dioxide cop-and-trade program. The Constitution of Virginia does not grant the governor the power to suspend laws. The opinion did not come out of the blue. Herring's advice was sought by Delegate Charneil Herring and Delegate Rip Sullivan, two Democrats in the 46th and 48th districts, respectively. On Friday, the State Corporation Commission issued a ruling granting approval of a plan from Dominion Energy to upgrade their portion of the electric grid. Dominion's Phase 2 plan seeks to integrate more distributed energy resources into the power network. Their plan cites the Clean Economy Act as a justification for moving to more solar, wind, and other renewable sources. Here's a section from the plan. There is no doubt that significant volumes of distributed energy resources are coming to Virginia. The distribution grid must be ready. 
The State Corporation Commission had public hearings on the plan last October, which calls for nearly $194 million to install net metering infrastructure, about $204 million on a customer information platform, and other areas to upgrade the grid. The SCC approval notes the importance of educating the public on what's going to happen. Here's page 13 of the ruling. Customer education will ensure that the full benefits of other grid transformation projects are realized by educating customers on the opportunities that such projects provide. And you're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for a second subscriber-supported shout-out. Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society invites you to hear from their newest board member at a meeting beginning at 7 p.m. Gail Jessup White is the first public relations and community engagement officer for Monticello and the first descendant of Thomas Jefferson and the enslaved community to work for the Thomas Jefferson Foundation. Gail Jessup White will talk about her book, Reclamation, Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson, and a descendant search for her family's lasting legacy. That's all happening at 7 p.m. on Monday, and you can register for the Zoom call or watch on Facebook Live. Sign up now at albemarlehistory.org. Sticking with the state for the end of the show today, on the first day of the General Assembly, the shape of the 2022 session in the House of Delegates is coming into shape. Delegate Rob Bell will chair the Courts of Justice Committee and will serve on the Health, Welfare, and Institutions Committee and the Rules Committee. Delegate Sally Hudson will serve on the Finance Committee and Health, Welfare, and Institutions. Delegate Chris Runyon will serve on the Finance Committee, the Agriculture, Chesapeake, and Natural Resources Committee, the General Laws Committee, and the Transportation Committee. Several of the House committees met this morning, but there are not yet bills on any of those agendas. Instead, members of Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin's cabinet are being interviewed by the various committees. Over in the Senate, the Committee on Education and Health did meet. Remember, the Senate is still controlled by the Democratic Party with a two-seat majority, meaning Democrats hold the gavel on committees. This committee did take up legislation and began winnowing out some of the bills, or at least hitting pause on some of them. For instance, the Education and Health Committee heard a bill from Senator Mark Peake to require the Virginia Department of Health to create a program to mitigate algae blooms. Peake said he would edit the bill to make a change to that requirement to go to the Department of Environmental Quality instead. When I published the January 12th edition of this newsletter, I had initially stated that there were around 850 bills submitted. As I write these words, there are 1,634 bills. Four measures passed the House on the first day, including a commendation for former Speaker of the House, Kirk Cox. Oh, oh look, we're now we're up to 1,677. The trickle is now a flood. The Commonwealth of Virginia has reported that state revenues were up 19.2% in December over the previous year. According to a press release from Governor Ralph Northam's office, that's the fifth straight month of double-digit increases. Northam leaves office on Saturday when Virginia-elect Glenn Youngkin is sworn in. In his farewell address to the Virginia General Assembly last night, the outgoing governor thanked his cabinet for their service and honored Supreme Court Justices Donald Lemons and William Mims on their retirement. Northam also saluted the tradition of gubernatorial addresses at the General Assembly. This is a time when elected leaders from different branches of government, different political parties, 
and different parts of the state come together to talk about the Commonwealth that we all share. Governor-elect Youngkin will address the General Assembly on Monday night. By then, he will be your governor. And I wish him the best, and I am confident he will lead this Commonwealth well. Northam reviewed his four years in office and said he has tried to govern in order to help people across the Commonwealth. We are leaving this Commonwealth better than it was when we came into office. We have built a state that does a better job of treating people right. It's more welcoming, it is more open, it's more fair, and it's more equitable. After the speech, Speaker of the House Todd Gilbert sent out a tweet that did not share the same spirit of bipartisanship. I, Christopher Todd Gilbert, do solemnly swear. I, Christopher Todd Gilbert, do solemnly swear. However, seven hours earlier, Gilbert did sound bipartisan after the House of Delegates unanimously elected him as speaker. That's a tradition in Virginia politics. Thank you for the trust that, that all of you have placed in me, some unwillingly, admittedly, but um, thank you nonetheless. I do not take this responsibility lightly, and I pledge to you that I will give the utmost to be a speaker for all Virginia and for all of this chamber. And as we end this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, none of the nearly 1,700 bills filed so far have failed. Give it time. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a show that seeks to bring you as much information as I think is important and as much as I can capture, given all of the various buckets that I seem to put out looking for information. And I really do thank all of the supporters who are contributing. Uh, that's a way. This is what I do full time. And of course, I have lots of ways for people to support the product. If you would like to be one of those folks, well, first of all, if you don't have any funds right now, the most important thing you can do is just tell other people about this service. This is a free service for the most part, but I do, of course, have to ask for a little bit of money here and there. And of course, if you'd like to take a look at some of those ways, go visit infoseville.com. That is the archive site of Town Crier Productions. And over the course of this year, you're going to see that uh, flesh out a little bit more and start to see it become a little bit more robust and up to date. Of course, that is what the purpose of Charlottesville Community Engagement is for. And I'm going to go ahead and get started on the next installment because I will be back tomorrow with more because there's a lot of things I think you need to know. And thank you so much to everybody who is along the ride to help me and uh, help all of us. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host, and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, seriously, stay safe and get prepared in case there is another storm. Uh, I personally will be doing that. I'm going to get a lot of whiskey. That's not true. I don't drink whiskey. Beer. Thanks again. 